Trudeau's housing minister says the government may cap the amount of international students the country admits to address the housing crisis. A third Canadian premier has stood up for parental rights in the face of rampant gender ideology in public schools. A new report reveals taxes have grown by 2,778 percent since 1961 for Canadians, surpassing the rising cost of housing. Hello, Canada. It's Wednesday, August 23rd, and this is True North's Daily Brief. I'm your host, Cosmin Georgia, and I'm Lindsay Shepherd. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Liberal Housing Minister Sean Fraser said that Ottawa isn't ruling out capping foreign student visas as the country struggles to contain an affordability and housing crisis, while also letting in a record number of international students. According to Bloomberg, Fraser, who formerly held the immigration file prior to the latest cabinet shuffle, said that a cap on international students was one of the options worth considering to deal with Canada's housing woes. Fraser said, quote, I think that's one of the options that we ought to consider, but I think we should start by trying to partner with institutions to understand what role they may have to play to reduce the pressure on the communities that they're operating within. Fraser's comments seem to contradict his own statements in July after Prime Minister Justin Trudeau shuffled his cabinet. At the time, Fraser said that closing the door to newcomers was not the solution to address Canada's housing situation. Canada has no cap on the number of foreign student visas it approves each year. Last year, while Fraser was still the Minister of Immigration, there were 807,750 foreign students with active permits in Canada, a 31% growth when compared to the 617,000 approved the year prior. It is unclear whether current Immigration Minister Mark Miller would entertain a student visa cap. Miller told reporters earlier this month that lowering Canada's record immigration targets was out of the question, and that he might even increase the rate above the current 500,000 per year target for permanent residents. Federal immigration targets do not include the number of foreign student visas signed each year. So, Lindsay, this kind of came out of left field. Uh, We honestly did not expect the minister here to announce that the Liberal government might consider capping foreign student visas. What are the chances that this is going to happen and the government is actually going to follow through with the student visa cap? And what do you think are the chances that they might consider lowering immigration levels? Well, Cosman, as you mentioned, Canada has no cap on the number of international students that we admit right now. So I'll be honest, I'm a fan of the Liberal government doing this. I think it's a great start on what we need to do to address the housing crisis. We admit hundreds of thousands of international students. And, you know, I am in favor of international exchange in the context of educational institutions, but we have really seen a lot of detrimental effects from the high numbers of international students that we're admitting. This really played out at Cape Breton University in Nova Scotia. The university was facing declining enrollment, budget issues, layoffs, until the university president, David Dingwall, who is a former liberal cabinet minister, he dialed up the number 
the percentage of international students to more than 70% of the entire student population. And that's because international students pay higher tuition rates because the university doesn't get government subsidies for their enrollment. So I think the universities are really going to freak out if the liberals do pursue this policy to cap these visas for international students. The universities are going to have a really major stream of income taken away from them. And it is for the better, And but the universities are going to have to figure it out. And like I was saying about Cape Breton University, the community was begging, you know, the university to stop admitting so many students because there was a severe housing shortage. The university didn't even have enough classroom space. They were renting out the local Cineplex cinema. You know, buses were always full. Communities can't handle the numbers, um, you know, with housing in particular. So let's actually hope that the liberals go through with this. All right, let's say the government caps this and they actually follow through on what Minister Fraser here is saying. Maybe they cap it at 500,000 a year. That's 300,000 fewer than this year. It's no small deal, but is that enough to address the housing crisis? We are only talking about towns and cities with universities and colleges after all. Housing is a problem in most parts of Canada. Are they just bluffing and trying to take the wind out of an increasingly critical view of mass immigration? What Minister Fraser is suggesting here doesn't necessarily address the supply side of things. Yes, we absolutely do need supply. We do need to address zoning issues. And in my opinion, we need more modest and reasonable townhomes and bungalows rather than so-called luxury condos and giant luxury houses. Some people don't want to admit it, but we also need to reduce the strain that is coming from too much demand, too many people here. Uh, because frankly, there are a lot of landlords and housing investors and real estate developers that are uh, profiting from what we might call the housing crisis. But people from Cape Breton University have been speaking out on social media about how no housing is available in these Canadian university towns. And we have also been hearing about predatory agencies in, for instance, India, where families will spend their life savings to send a child to Canada to study. And, you know, maybe the child's life in Canada just isn't as fruitful as everyone expected, so they feel scammed. And we have seen straight-up fraud from some fake strip mall colleges that market exclusively to international students, largely from India, so that they can eventually become permanent residents of Canada. And now there are stories in the media about how students from India are posting YouTube videos about how to get free food from Canadian food banks. So, you know, when all of this is amalgamated, the Liberals are frankly testing the waters here by just focusing on international students because there's been so much kind of negative press coverage of this issue. Um, so they're starting with international students and maybe they will expand it to immigration at large eventually. I, for one, hope they do. The Saskatchewan government is requiring children under the age of 16 to obtain parental consent before they change their name or pronouns at school. Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe is the third premier to stand up for parental rights in the face of rampant gender ideology in public schools. The other two who have taken a pro-parent position on the issue are New Brunswick Premier Blaine Higgs and Manitoba Premier Heather Stephenson. Moe said, quote, Parents must be included in all important decisions involving their children. The Saskatchewan government is also mandating that schools disclose information about sex ed teachings to parents 
and provide them with the option to opt out. The government is also suspending third-party sex ed providers, including the ARC Foundation and its controversial SOGI123 program from the province's schools. Only teachers will be able to teach sex ed to their classes. Earlier this summer, Saskatchewan suspended Planned Parenthood from the province's schools after the group made sexually explicit sex from A to Z cards available to grade 9 students. Back in June, Premier Higgs became the first premier to support a parental rights policy requiring that children under the age of 16 obtain consent from their parents before they can change their gender at school. New Brunswick's Modified Education Policy 713 came into effect in July. Last week, Manitoba Premier Heather Stephenson pledged to enhance parental rights if re-elected in the fall and said parents should be informed if their child wants to identify as a different gender at school. Cosman, is it time for other premiers to stand up for parental rights? Where is Premier Smith from Alberta on this issue? To be honest, I, I'm not sure if Alberta has really struggled with some of the more egregious cases of these, you know, sex ed education seminars distributing some of the explicit content that we've seen in other provinces. On the one hand, Alberta does have quite a bit of school choice for parents, right? They have charter schools. We even saw a classical education academy open up in Calgary and in Edmonton. So I think parents in Alberta have quite a bit of choice, whereas other provinces, they're stuck in this very rigid public schooling system and they can't escape because there's no alternatives. However, I do think it is really up to the premiers on this issue to speak out. After all, education is a provincial jurisdiction. How about conservative leader Pierre Polyev, who has been very quiet on this issue? Well, we've seen Polyev dip his feet in on this debate a few times, uh, the most prominent being when Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who called parents who were worried about gender ideology in schools, far right. Polyev responded by telling the Prime Minister to butt out of the province's business. There's a lot of room for the federal conservatives to take a leading role in this debate because, quite frankly, we can't escape it. It's happening across this country, and so to see provincial leaders step up to the plate and essentially say certain things are not acceptable when it comes to the education of our children, I think that's a net benefit. And I also think that it's going to become harder for the federal conservatives to ignore this quite controversial issue. We know that there has been several policy proposals submitted touching on gender ideology in schools at the upcoming conservative convention. A new tax index by the Fraser Institute found that tax bills were the fastest growing expenditures for Canadians in the last few decades, even surpassing the rising cost of housing. According to the Canadian Consumer Tax Index 2023 edition, taxes grew by 2,778% since 1961. The rising cost of taxes surpassed other expenditures, including money spent on shelter, which grew by 1,880% over the same time period. 
Canadians have been paying 870% more on food and 654% more on clothing since 1961. According to the Fraser Institute, the average Canadian family paid more on taxes when compared to necessities of life like clothing, food, and housing. Of their income, 45.3% went towards taxes, while 35.6% went towards essentials. In the last year alone, the Trudeau government has hiked taxes on Canadians quite a number of times. The Liberals have increased the federal carbon tax, imposed a second carbon tax on fuel, and hiked taxes on alcohol. Additionally, taxes on employment insurance were also increased, as well as further taxes on the Canada Pension Plan. Taxes, taxes, taxes. There's been non-stop tax hikes from the Liberal government. That's five just this year alone. When will we see a tax cut? Because I think that's what all Canadians need right now. An election is not too far off. Do you foresee any tax cuts to things like the carbon tax or any other taxing initiatives that the Liberal government has introduced in the near future? Cosman, this Liberal government's MO isn't to do something like tax cuts. It's instead to invent things like the grocery rebate or temporary increases to the child benefit or the Canada housing benefit where they give you know some of your money back. Um, but, you know, with the case of the Canada housing benefit, for example, this was a payment of $500 to low-income renters. And to take advantage of this as an individual, you had to have an adjusted net income of below $20,000. But think about it. The average rent Canada-wide is about $2,000. So if you're an individual making $20,000 and you live by yourself... Um, you actually wouldn't make nearly enough money to cover your own rent, never mind other expenses such as groceries, transportation, and utilities. So this, you know, these initiatives like the Canada Housing Benefit, they still somehow manage to be out of touch. Well, that's it for today, folks. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Plus, The Andrew Lawton Show will be live today at 4 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news.